Talking Records Podcast. Talking Records Podcast. Talking Records Podcast. We talk about our favorite records. Talking Records Podcast. We're so glad you tuned in. Thank you all for listening. You showed up to the right place. Jen and his friends dive deep and analyze the records we have grown to love. We'll tell you how we found the band. Then give you a track by track breakdown of all the songs. So grab your favorite beverage and pull up a seat. Today we'll look at another record in its entirety. Hey everyone, welcome to Talking Records. This is an album deep dive show where we take an album and try to round up everything we can about it. We're interested in the backstories, the experiences, the context under which the album was made. I feel like hearing about how albums were made provides me with such a deeper connection to the music. And maybe you do too. That's why you're here. In just a moment, I'll be joined by the promising drummer Dan to discuss the band's album, Very Emergency. Make sure you check out Talking Records on the net. Be sure to follow us on Instagram at Talking Records Podcast. We're also on Facebook and Twitter, or X. You can also drop us an email at talkingrecords@outlook.com. These are all great ways for us to connect with you over all this great music. The Promise Ring from Milwaukee, Wisconsin released Very Emergency on September 28, 1999 on Jade Tree Records. I heard this album around the same time as the Get Up Kids' Something to Write Home About, as they came out on the same day. For me, like that album, this is a huge fall album for me. The very sounds of these songs bring me right back to that season. I was familiar with the band prior to the release of Very Emergency, and I'd always liked what I heard. It wasn't until I put this record on, though, that the band really grabbed my attention. From the start, where Davey comes right in singing, I've got my body and my mind on the same page, I was hooked all the way through. A big sound with catchy and memorable tunes. Davey's honest delivery of image-loaded phrases and Dan's big drum sound, coupled with the chugging rhythm section of Jason and Scott, The songs were immediately memorable and served as the musical accompaniment to that fall season, and then beyond. The sing-along chorus of emergency, emergency, the poppy skips a beat, lines like where are we living now, where are we living now from happy hour, would just take root in my brain. And of course, the closing track being one of my favorite songs to put on late at night before drifting off to sleep. The melancholy tones and simplicity just really stuck with me. When a lot of records fell off or grew tiresome, Very Emergency always remained at the forefront of my listening habits. In fact, in 2023, it was my Spotify-wrapped most-played album. What? An album from 1999? Great music makes you want to hear it again and again. It fits different moods and provides you with the solace you came looking for when you chose it. Without further delay, let's get to Dan. Welcome to Talking Records, drummer Dan Didier. How are you? I'm good. How are you? Very good. I'm excited to have you on the podcast. Mm -hmm. We're going way back. Uh, I'm going to be asking you a whole bunch of questions about very emergency today. I'm looking forward to it, and I hope I remember. Looking forward to stretching the old brain. 
Yes, <laughs> I, I need a good I need a good brain exercise. So this is this is That's, good good timing. All right, well I'm going to start off with a big one. So this might be hard to remember, but here we go. I want to know, Dan, when did the writing process for Very Emergency begin? Do you guys tend to write on the road, or do you wait till you get back from touring to get settled and, and focus on writing? No, we don't write really write on the road um, that that I recall. We were like toured a lot. I think what, what I think what happens on the road is is ideas and concepts happen on the road, yeah. and then when we get back uh, in Milwaukee where uh, we um, lived, uh, then we would sit and then flesh out those ideas and those concepts. You know, like. Wouldn't it be cool if the next record would be like this? Or because we we you know listen to music constantly, obviously in the van, yep. uh, driving between cities and and all that. And so we had our favorites, and we you know I think um, then you know that infers then what the next record's going to sound like. What were our favorite things that we listened to in the van on that last tour or the two tours before that or whatever? Like I feel like that's sort of like so. I, th- I think we didn't actually like. Hey, let's all sit in the van and like hash songs right. out. It's more like, <laughs> or it's sound you know, oh, this, you know, hey, why don't keep this in mind? Like, oh, that that song and like how that bridge works mm-hmm. or whatever. Like, yeah, let's think about that or you know, or drum sounds or whatever. Like, we'd be, oh, that sounds, I love that. Let's listen to that album again because that guitar tone is amazing. Like, blah blah blah. And then we make a mental note of that when we when we get back and and into our practice space and and start you know working on stuff. Right. And you and you play the same sort of batch of songs night after night. Do you ever kind of get to a point where you're like, it'd be cool to try some different stuff live? Like, I, like we want to do more of this kind of stuff live. And then that's the direction it takes you in or. No, because like we were like live, we were very like it, it, we were a very these are our songs and this is how we're going to do them live. Mm-hmm. Um, these are the songs that we wrote for this record. And those are the exact same amount of songs that we recorded for that record. Mm -hmm. Like we were very efficient in a way. Like we either dumped songs that we just weren't into and then just never remember, you know, thought about them again, you know? So it's like, we were never really like, I feel like an experimental band in that way where we would allow ourselves that sort of space to, you know, jam or stuff. You yeah. know what I mean? Like we would do that in our, in the privacy of our own practice space and stuff. But like when we were on the road, then the, whatever set list or whatever batch of songs that we knew that we put together in an order <laughs> for that tour is what we play, yeah. you know? Yeah. 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 So yeah, I don't, yeah. So that's why another reason why I don't think we really wrote a lot on the road is because it's like, Why? we have these songs that we have to play. Like, why would we muddle our brains with, with more information than we need? Yeah. You know? That'd be a lot. <laughs> yeah. For us. <laughs> and when you write, do you write with the goal of making an album in mind? Or is it just, you get to a point where you're like, wow, we've got 12 good songs. We should probably make an album now. Yeah. Yeah. Because like, <clears throat> you know, we, we're, we're in that sort of, I, I'm calling it a vicious cycle because it ends up being one is where you, you know, you, you, you spend some time when we first got together and we, you know, wrote a bunch of songs and, 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 you know, did a, a seven inch here and there or whatever. But then like, okay, now we have a, a, enough for a record. Let's record a record. Mm-hmm. And then that, that kicked off the sort of cycle of like, 
record release tour and then you know write record you know release tour it depends like where we were in that cycle that i was talking about like um where do we like do we have enough for a record or maybe we just quick do an ep oh because you know why because oh we just finished this tour we have like three months but then we have to go on this other tour let's just when we have like let's just quick do an ep or something like maybe there's something we did dabble with on the you know on tour whatever like we have this little thing let's just quick do an ep or uh jay tree or or other thing was like hey let's just do something quick Mm -hmm. you know um just to keep the momentum going oh like texas is a reason like the split with them like that we had that song but then we were mid-tour or something we i know we recorded that in boston so like you know like that sort of thing you know Mm -hmm. um and then yeah and then it was kind of talk i I, I always mention this that like uh, in interviews and stuff is that we always didn't want to make the same record twice. Mm-hmm. That was also sort of in the back of our minds too. When, like when it was time to sit down and like, okay, that tour's done. That record cycle's sort of like finished. The tour cycle's done. We did all the markets. Like we did everything we were supposed to do. Yeah. Now we have some time. What's the record that we want to make? And let's start, let's go there. You're like, remember all those conversations we had in the van about like what the next record should be or whatever, mm-hmm. what, what kind of guitar tones we like or drum sounds we like. Well, now let's, let's enact that and see what comes out of it. Nice. And I was trying to get a sense, uh, when I was kind of nosing around on the internet, at what point in the process was Scott brought in? Um, uh, which Scott, we have two Scots, uh, Scott Shanebeck. Shanebeck. Yeah. Who, yeah. Yeah. Who recorded, um, with very much. So, yeah, um, he came in right after the tour. Just a quick, just a quick recap on bass players. So Scott Basher <laughs> was our original bass player. Yeah, he he recorded "Nothing Feels Good" with us, yep. but then uh, then was no longer in the band for that tour cycle. So we had uh, our friend Tim Burton, who a uh, different Tim Burton, not um, the filmmaker, was in not the band. Boston. <laughs> <laughs> the the guy. Uh, so he was in a band called None Left Standing with Jason. Yep. Um, and so he played bass on that tour cycle, uh-huh. um, of the nothing feels good tour cycle, yep. but didn't record on the record. Then we got in the, in the van right. accident. Um, and then, uh, right around that same time, we were like, well, Hey, maybe like Tim wasn't like really working. So like, let's, <laughs> even though he was in this van accident with yeah. us and, we, and he broke his arm because he was on tour with us, um, but uh, then we got Scott involved. And so then we did a couple shows to kind of like get that going. But then he was part of the writing process for Very Emergency. Oh, great. So right from the... And which, which, which I think kind of like in hindsight, like kind of inferred a lot of that of that writing because of the stuff that he did in his the previous band, Alligator Gun, and um, and other, you know, other things that he was listening to. He inspired, I think, a little bit of that, of that writing. And again being on the tour with him, you know, uh, before we started recording it and, and, and writing in earnest for that record, you know, listening to what he was into, uh, you know, in the van and being like, Oh yeah, that, that sounds awesome. You know, like, you know, that sort of thing. So I think that, that he might've helped, uh, it kind of influences bringing into the fold kind of, you know, could have influenced that again. That's could be speculation too. I no, that's really cool. 
And it's funny to note that this is actually the second time Alligator Gun has come up on this podcast. So, <laughs> Oh, yeah? Great band. Amazing band. Great band. Yeah, they did some work mm-hmm. in the Blasting Room, and we've talked about them before. But um, really cool. Yeah, I didn't I did realize that he was there for right from the start. That's that's awesome. And you, and you yeah. mentioned the accent. In the writing process, did, any of, did that experience bleed into any of the, the writing, or did you try to... I mean, she, like, cheekily... Uh, we wrote a song called Tell Everyone We're Dead, mm-hmm. which which was sort of like right around that time. Yeah. So, yeah, I mean, I think if there's a song that sort of like would reference that, um, I believe that was the one. You had connected with Jay Robbins for Nothing Feels Good in '97. Uh, why bring him back mm-hmm. again? Because he was uh, a great, really great to work with. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and um, we d- we didn't have the best experience with Casey Rice, mm-hmm. um, and not you know not to you know throw shade at at him. I mean, just we just did not at the at that point in time were not good together uh, as a band or record. Uh, producer, recorder, engineer for uh, 30 degrees. Mm-hmm. So when then when we did nothing feels good with Jay, then it was just like, you know, oh, my God, ah. this is this is who, you know, we would want to work with. Um, and so it's and, you know, nothing feels good. I don't know if you've ever heard that record. I mean, it was OK, you know, and so <laughs> we're right. like, um, yeah, I mean, it's, it did its thing. And so it's like, well, like, like, let's even though we know we want to make, write a different record, then mm-hmm. nothing feels good. We still want that sort of through line of, we know that Jay, no matter what we ask or no matter what we write or no matter what we you know do, he will be, he'll do the best to get exactly that, what we're looking for mm-hmm. in the best and, and be supportive and, and, uh, and, and, and be a partner in that, you know? So he seems like a, yeah. Cause he, yeah, it was great. I actually was just been emailing with him just today so awesome. yeah so yeah i still keep in touch with him and he's uh yeah he's, he's a great great person that's great yeah and he's still making music which is yeah. awesome yeah like his solo records are incredible using having him use uh pete moffett for a lot of the drumming on his stuff mm-hmm. uh, is incredible like we toured with burning airlines we brought them on for a tour too and so yeah. like i'm a huge huge pete moffett fan um cool. and so um jay robbins has a knack of recording with incredible drummers mm. so like at his solo records which have been like amazing um have pete moffett and darren zentek like you know uh, on the drums and they're you know like it they they fit his style and his writing style so well yeah it, i mean it's incredible and they're like there's like i could spend the rest of my life trying to learn the songs that they've played on yeah. and would even come close like they're next level to me wow. you know just very technical um, or i mean, I mean like because i look at them in, in sort of awe because i'm like that's a different world than the the sort of drum space that i write yeah. in and perform in and think about and i'm in complete and utter awe of that and that's i, I love that cool. and so i love seeing them live like jay came through milwaukee on the on the last um not too long ago and with Pete and oh, nice. yeah, it was just, a, it was incredible uh, site. So anyone 
who can check. They're on tour right now for like 10 days. So if, yeah, they're if this is out in, in 10 Medford. days, you should go see yeah. him sometime. <laughs> If you're in, if you're in the neighborhood, the closest he's gonna be to is like two hours and something, and I'm like ah, two hours, like <laughs> yeah, that's yeah, yeah, that's hard, yeah. that's hard. But anyway, you so, probably have yeah, I probably have class in the morning, yeah, yeah. you know. <laughs> so it sounds like he's just the kind of guy who really understood your band, really understood that you know what you guys were trying to achieve. Yeah, I would send him drum tone, like like um, I sent him a mixtape of drum tracks that I liked yeah so tell us um, about that like you were telling me a little bit about the pixies and yeah yeah it's definitely like i mean i think so to go back to the writing process mm-hmm. of very emergency we did gouge away on a like a pixies cover album yeah. thing or whatever and and i i believe that like that definitely helped uh, sort of mold our idea of what very emergency, what we wanted very emergency to be, because it was always from the jump to be like direct Mm -hmm. pop songs, you know what I mean? And so, um, and so when we like, so I took so much from um, learning the, the, you know, the drum parts and stuff from gouge away that that's totally like helped my thinking for how I wanted to treat the drum tracks and stuff for very emergency, mm-hmm. just like, you know, simple and powerful. And, um, and I can do that. <laughs> <laughs> I can't do Pete Moffitt. I, yeah. I can't do that, <laughs> but I can do simple and powerful. Again, uh, the, the Pixies drummer whose name escapes me, unfortunately, <laughs> um, uh, w- was a huge influence, uh, for sure on me. And so I remember in Milwaukee, Jay recorded that again. It was like, you know, cause we wanted to use Jay as our, like, you know, any chance we could. So we flew him into Milwaukee and we recorded at a studio here, um, for, for gouge away. And then after that, I remember taking, uh, you know, we, we all went to our practice space at the time, time, which was like this abandoned warehouse, like, like the hell stairs, <laughs> Up, it was a second floor. Oh. It was like the steepest. Like so, we're like, you know, doing the Marshall cabinets yeah. and uh, the eight Way tens, like up the stairs. Oh, yeah. My drum kit, like everything. It was the worst place to <laughs> rehearse. And I remember, and there's no heat and no shit. There was a, there was snow inside our um, practice space because there was a hole in the oh, roof, and we we're on the top floor. <laughs> and so we. And so, like, I remember, like, Jay Robbins coming. He's like, we recorded Gouge Away at this nice studio in Milwaukee. Mm-hmm. And they said, oh, like, hey, can we just throw down demos of, like, the ideas that we have so far for a very emergency? Oh, cool. And or what, whatever the next this, whatever the next record was. It wasn't called that right. at that time. Yeah. And uh, and so, yeah, I remember him, like, with his, like, eight-track recorder in our practice space. There's snow on the ground. He's in full <laughs> coat and mittens, like, trying to, like record us doing this uh, demos yeah yeah and uh wow and so i I think i I just uncovered i think i just uncovered the tape oh wow of that of that session um but he was he was on board like he 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 would do whatever like that's such that totally endeared us to him you know because he was he was you know a nice hard-working person and that's our type of people that's awesome (laughs) yeah 
Yeah. And do you feel like from like a producer standpoint, he heard those demos. Did a, did a lot change from those demos or, or were they pretty much true to how you guys played them in that, that cold warehouse? Yeah. I mean, I think like maybe lyric, maybe a couple lyric changes, small things that Davey did, yeah. but no, I mean, they were like, you can't, like by design, those songs were really meant to be those songs. Yeah. Like there really wasn't, they're purposely made not to have any wiggle room. Yeah. I've heard it described that, as an exacting know? record. Yeah. Right. Totally. So it's like in that, and our demos were the same, like let's just, they were mainly for us to hear them back without us playing them. Yeah. You know what I mean? <laughs> Which is always just nice. like, let's yeah. just get them on, get them on tape so that we can listen back to it yeah. without actually playing them and, and discern like, you know, the, 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 the more, intricacies of that guitar part or mm. or that drum fill maybe you know like like that sort of stuff but i mean that's all like the little you know seasoning of the songs that we were really trying to hone in on and not not you know the the songs were at large right. you know yeah so going back to that tape that you sent jay um you had mm-hmm. obviously the pixies on there You're, there was a certain drum tone you liked you described it as simple and powerful so how does it? How does right. a guy like Jay achieve that sound? I, I don't. That's the magic of an engineer yeah. uh, and a producer. Like a mic placement, you know. We recorded it. We recorded at Inner Ear in DC, mm-hmm. and then mixed it in Madison at Smart Studio. So he knew Inner Ear. He knew that space, right? He's done records there before, yeah. and and that. So, I mean, I, I assume that when I sent him that tape of whatever songs of drum 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 sounds that I liked, you know, he's like, oh, yeah, okay, I can put, put the mic here, I can put it there, put this far away, you know, tune the drums a little bit differently here and there or whatever. Mm-hmm. The, but I didn't really, like, I trusted him completely. <laughs> and so I'm just like, all right, dude, uh, here's, I set up my drums. Yeah, like, this is what I like. And, I, and I will play the songs to the best of my ability. Mm-hmm. The rest is in your <laughs> hands. Like, you know, yeah. Um, and then, yeah, so we would record a little bit and I would listen back. And um, I remember him saying, like that record that w- when we were getting all the band together, because we recorded most of it like like live. Mm-hmm. That like we were really in like in great like we are we were in phase really well. Like it was a really in phase record. I remember him saying like when we were initially getting tones and and, and sounds what before we started tracking, um, which was good. That was a good like okay well, that that we're in the we're in the right spot then Mm -hmm. like here we go you know um yeah there's not a lot of like not a ton of like what i remember from the actual recording process but i do remember that comment that he made um yeah and then yeah then for another like a one drum fill i think i i kind of messed up um and uh and, but we kept it in there oh. and it, we, I had to convince him to like, I don't want to redo that. Cause I think I really like the feel of I kind of, I nearly dropped a stick or I did drop a stick, but I caught it right away or something. And it's sort of in there. Um, I remember having a conversation about that. How much he, I wanted to make sure that, he did that in. stays in. Yeah, um, that's cool. You know, cause even though like, it was like a pin perfect, like, like for us, like that was the goal of that precise. record. I, yeah, you've you've described it as yeah, precise. real precise yeah. record. But like there, you know, there's always like that sort of like that sort of like slip thread that's in there, or like you know, the the, the one little little thing to make us all all remember that we're all human. That's right. You know. That's right. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I'm really good at that. I'm really good. <laughs> At reminding myself that that we're all human. Yeah, well, I don't know how you drummers <laughs> hold on to those sticks and, and you know, 
lot of the attention at the beginning is the drums right you've got you've got to get those drums yeah. down and especially on a record like this where it is simple and powerful there's not a lot of room for burying mistakes or, it, or anything like that so right and actually now I, a, a new memory i think just came up uh in my mind i remember i can't remember what song we were tracking but because it had because in we put the pressure on ourselves to make this like a very pristine tight record mm -hmm. And I can't remember what song it was, uh, maybe Deep South or something that kind of had this sort of drum kick snare pattern that, that I just wasn't nailing the way I would have liked. And I remember like I, I had to leave and I had to walk out. And right next to inner ear, if I remember correctly, there's like a bike trail or something like that. So I'd like, I'm like, I gotta, I gotta get out of here. Like I, I'm in my head. Love some steam. I'm not going to do anything like <laughs> productive. Like I'm just going to like go down to this like weird deep hole of, of, uh, of, of self-loathing. So let me leave. <laughs> and so I remember just like leaving the studio and just kind of getting some fresh air and, and walking uh, a little bit and then coming back and then trying again. And uh, eventually it, it, I could do it, I guess, at least good enough. Yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, so yeah, that, that was another thing too, because it was such a precise sounding record that we, you know, and we put a lot of pressure, I guess, at least I put a lot of pressure on myself to make the drums like that, where I feel like nothing feels good. We allowed ourselves to be a lot freer, yeah. you know, yeah. in, in a lot of that. Um, and, and also the uh, Easley studio in, in Memphis where we recorded that, like that studio is very, you know, uh, it, it, the vibe of that studio was kind of fitting where inner ear can be like it, it, pretty clinical, yeah. <laughs> you know, it was the right um, place, but I mean, but also very like, like Fugazi rec recorded there. So like, yeah, you know, they're very clinical, but also very loose yeah. and you know, it, it all sounds amazing. <clears throat> yeah. Inner ear is an amazing studio. So many, so many great records have come out of there. I mean, just the history, just being able to like hang out in there and be like, wow, these amazing <laughs> records were done here. These old hardcore yeah. records and stuff. Right. Must have been kind of fun. Yeah. Yeah, that was. Um, and uh, th this is a funny thing that happened there. When we were recording, it was the, um, we're all, well, Jason really wasn't, but um, um, Shane Beck uh, and Davey and I were our big basketball fans. Mm. And the NBA finals and playoffs were happening during the time we were um, recording, mm. but we couldn't watch any of the games because we were recording. Yep. And uh, so uh, our good friend, Kim Coletta, who was uh, in Jawbox and does DeSoto Records or has done DeSoto Records and was our sort of de facto manager uh, in the early stages when we needed a, 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 an ear <laughs> to like bounce ideas off of and like, hey, what should we do? Yeah. Um, uh, so she, she would record on, on VHS the game oh. the night before. <laughs> And so then when we, so during the, you know, when, you know, then she would on her way to whatever would drop off these tapes, wow. VHS tapes. And then we would like 
plug him into the yeah, don't DCR. Tell us, don't tell us like, anything. <laughs> don't yeah, because like we were stupid, we were like so isolated anyways, yeah. and we didn't have cell phones. We, you know, like, yeah, yeah. you know what I mean? Like it wasn't like or we had cell phones, but not like the phones we have today that you have every right. information. You can watch possible. the game right on the phone. Yeah, right, totally. Yeah, we none of that. So like we um, would watch game the games on VHS like uh while other people were tracking or whatever <laughs> and uh yeah that was a fun thing and, and like the the whole with Jay and and the, the like sort of jawbox connection with with Jay and then and you know then Kim really helping us out and, and being like us just a great great people you know um was because we were all huge fans of that band that was the other reason why Jay why Jay Robbins obviously makes sense because um we were all huge Jawbox fans, yeah. you know? Yeah. It's kind of cool to work with um, someone you admire mm-hmm. and then they turn out to be someone. Yeah. Like- we were lucky that we, yeah, we were lucky that way because we worked with him. And then for Woodwater, we worked with Steven street mm-hmm. who's um, you know, we've recorded that in England um, with Steven street. And I mean, I, I mean, he's done incredible, incredible uh, things. And so that way that was a complete, that, totally different record that's for another podcast yeah well i could talk <laughs> but, forever uh, about just become one anything one time i love that song <laughs> that's so awesome. <laughs> we'll, um, we'll save oh, cool. that one. i appreciate that yeah we'll save that one um but the uh yeah that's just for for your your spinoff podcast talking song yeah <laughs> and then we just do that song there you go so yeah we, it was it was special at least to me yeah to work with somebody that i yeah uh, um admired so greatly you know? that's awesome and so working all day you've got nba games on vhs to, to watch next day were you were you staying at jay's house mm-hmm. during the making of this record we we were yeah, yeah. <laughs> what was that yeah. like and i remember and this is it's all coming back to me yeah um <laughs> the dismemberment plan who are kind of buddies mm. of ours and, and um did some shows with or whatever we had because jay just did if i remember correctly emergency and, and i, I yeah. Yeah. And so, you know, this, so the whole thing is like they were, they had that record. We had very emergency. And so we had the, the two emergency records around the same time. Mm-hmm. But we would listen. We had a tape. Like, I don't know if it was out yet, but we got an advance or from Jay or something like that. And so we would from his house in Silver, Silver Spring to Arlington, where uh, Inner Ear is, mm-hmm. we would listen to that record every day. Oh, nice. Like kind of just going back and forth. And we would just, yeah, we would crash at his house. Um, after the session and then on the way there we would um yeah we would listen to that song in nauseam or that, that record yeah. at nauseam like we just listened to it so much it was such a that's such a great you record feel like any of that like bled a little into to your process at all or? I, I mean yeah yeah I, mean, I mean i don't know what would have though yeah subconsciously <laughs> they're, they're a totally yeah. different band and a totally different especially different songwriting yeah, yeah. um but um yeah but that was uh you know, and then also speaking of like DC area people that we highly admire, um, Jenny Toomey mm. um, from Tsunami and, and stuff like they came and and she, you know, sang on a song and that was another sort of like, you know, kind of check. <laughs> you <Yeah>. know, like <laughs> who do I always, like? Who would be great to cool you know voice on there? Uh, yeah. Who you admire that would be a part of your recording process? Okay, Jenny Toomey, that's great. Got yeah. it. Okay, perfect. You know, like awesome. Kim Coletta bringing us VHS tapes of basketball games. Check. Okay, good. <laughs> you know, Jay Robbins, like behind the helm. Like, okay, sure. check. Yeah. 
we're we're doing okay, I guess. You know, taking all the boxes. Uh, <laughs> if that if there was a bingo card that had Jimmy <laughs> Tukey singing backing vocals on your song, uh, we you know that was that was our bingo. Yeah. And she, had she, she heard skips a beat before, or did she just come in and learn it that day and, and get it down? Or? Um, I don't know if we sent her a tape or anything. I don't remember that process, yeah. except for, hey, it would be great to have a female vocalist um, sing on that. And then uh, she agreed to it. Mm-hmm. And um, yeah. So I think, I think it was like, here's what it is. And then a lot of that part is either like Davey had it in mind already or, you know, uh, yeah, between hey, what if you know her saying like, why don't I do this? Mm. Being like, that's amazing, great, yeah. better than the idea we had. Like, go oh, for it. yeah, it's great when and they then, have better ideas. <laughs> You're like, we'll go with yeah, that. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah, perfect. That's cool. Yeah. And how long were you guys there? Like, how long were you in the studio for? Do you remember? I'm guessing, but I it's I think it was like ten days and ten days, like ten days to record and ten days to mix, mm-hmm. something like that. Perfect. Maybe something, something like that. If not, it's in that ballpark. Yeah, it was like it's a, yeah a certain amount of time. Not a not like an exorbitant amount of time, but enough to do what we needed to do yeah. in that. You know, for sure. Efficiency. Well, I guess the sessions have mm-hmm. also been described as very painful. You guys were. Still feeling the effects uh, of the accident. I read somewhere where Davey had theorized that he had taken like a bottle of headache pills uh, every couple of days just to get through the migraines. Did, uh, yeah. did that stuff really affect you guys? Or Well, it did. I did. I, I don't remember it affecting the recording, but I do remember shows. Okay. <clears throat> like we played this show in Ann Arbor. Mm-hmm. And so we, we go there, we load and everything, and then we go back to the hotel and then we, we get, and then we go back to the, and then Davey wasn't feeling well. So he, he stayed at the hotel with, with Mike, um, Mike Shaneback, yeah. Scott's brother was a tour manager at the mm-hmm. time. Um, and now he's like a tour manager extraordinaire. Um, <laughs> uh, gets me into a lot of great shows. Uh, <laughs> and, um, he, they stayed at the hotel cause he wasn't feeling well. And then, the rest of us came back and like, there was a crazy long line and it was still around that time where it's like, why are all these people here? Mm. You know, like, Oh, wait, they're for, for us. Yeah. Oh my God. That's wow. like, <laughs> we're still at that, like sort of like G whiz, like everything's amazing <laughs> phase before we got, we turned like super bitter yeah. <laughs> um, towards the end. Uh, uh, so it was one of those moments and we we're like, Oh, this is super sweet. But then when David gets there and, and, and Mike had to put a bucket uh, behind his amp because he was feeling so nauseous mm. and yeah, like after the first song, like he just went behind his amp yeah. and just totally threw up because of his, his headache. And obviously that like then ended up, you know, uh, on a tour that we were going to leave for Europe with Bernie airlines. Mm. Um, we showed up at his house to take him to the airport to go. And he's like, it's I can't like, go. No. So we had to cancel that. Um, and that ended up then that day we went to the hospital and then found out that that was the tumor right. and all that. Yeah. So like, yeah, I mean, he was suffering with that for a while. Yeah. I ask because, yeah. um, like, so vocals, I mean, even if you 
aren't dealing with all this, doing vocals to me is like I always get awful headaches because you're just, you know, you're singing all day long trying to get those tracks. I just imagine that what he was going through during that time must have really been tough. Yeah. Yeah. But you know what really helps with that is uh, is the L.A. Lakers uh, Sixers final series that we had on VHS. You know, you could rest. You could rest up while watching uh, watching that happen. Um, But no, I I can't even imagine like that's that's one thing that I would never want to do is sing in that Mm. capacity. And I I don't have the uh, AI. And so I like that. I'm always always amazed that. Um, singers and and what they have to do and, that, and yeah. put themselves through, and, you know, their bodies through and their voices through and all that. Yeah, that's um, yeah. I can't I can't imagine them doing anything with a headache, oh. much less uh, belting uh, songs. Right. I just want to sit in the dark and be left alone. <laughs> mm-hmm. Totally. So, did you uh, guys go out to Butch Vig's Smart Studios uh, in Wisconsin for mixing, or did you just trust? Trust that that was going to be taken care of. No, yeah, we were there. Yeah, so there we 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 were there for the whole session. Good. We over. Yeah, we were there. Yeah, um, and then we stayed because Jason's folks um, live in that live in the area. So we I think stayed at his dad's house or something like cool. that. So we, you know, again go back and forth um, to the studio. So yeah, we were. Yeah, yeah we know we wouldn't. Yes, we to a certain degree trust. <laughs> the person but no we will definitely 100 yeah, have there. to be in that room when you're when you're fiddling with the knobs and stuff mm-hmm. no we need to we need to oversee Everyone's that fight for their their instrument to be, <laughs> to be audible <laughs> right 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 well, everything sounds so great on this record everything just sounds like clean and like you said simple and powerful i just i always thought that and i told you when we were we were talking via messenger that this is one of the records that i would bring in and i'd be like this is what I want to, you know, sound like this. <laughs> mm-hmm. Because yeah. everything like... Well, no, that's great. That's great because it's like, it's, it's so funny how music in general just sort of goes and goes and goes. And so like whatever, whatever I, that tape that I gave mm-hmm. uh, Jay then sort of transformed into this other thing. And then that now that other thing now is, you know, it passed on. It's like a weird it's like six a, degree of separation kind of thing. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Weird or, oral history of drum tones yeah. and <laughs> sounds that just gets passed on. Uh, we'll have to find out know. who the Pixies were listening to when they. Uh... <laughs> yeah. Right. Yeah. Totally. Yeah. And then, then who, who before them? Surfer Rosa. It probably just goes back to the Beatles. Oh, so it doesn't, course. it doesn't yeah. really, you could just say it all that starts there. Then, yeah. <laughs> right. That's funny. Um, two outtakes from the very emergency sessions were included on the Electric Pink EP released in mid-May. So you were talking earlier about just getting stuff out, putting putting music out mm-hmm. when you when you had opportunities. Did that come out? You were talking about going to Europe with Burning Airlines, but you guys did like a handful of shows with them, right? Yeah, we did U.S. with them, okay. and so like this was the like the Europe version of that U.S. tour. Ah. You know, <laughs> so we did U.S. with them, and then I. Um, I, I, I'm thinking that this is what happened. <laughs> I assume we did a U.S. tour with them and then took a little break and then would go to Europe. Um, and, uh, and then, yeah, but after when we got back or whatever, and it just got worse and, and David couldn't, couldn't make it. Yeah. 
Yeah, because I mean, t- I mean, touring the U.S. is is you know can be tough enough, but then when you're in in Europe, you know, uh, that's a whole different thing. Yeah, you know, um, to be away feeling would you know i'm glad that obviously that choice because that europe would have we would have had to come home anyways you know yeah. to get um, all the way out there and have to that, turn around too would have been hard yeah yeah so it's like that yeah that's totally fine So, Dan, the album's artwork features former Joan of Arc member Paul Kube as a chauffeur and was in parts inspired by the film Rushmore. Can you tell us a little bit about this? I love this cover. It's like <laughs> half of this guy's body. Like, yeah. Tell us a little bit about this. Yeah, that's, uh, yeah I mean, that's exactly right. Like, um, Jason was heavily influenced by the film Rushmore. Great movie. And we, I mean, we all were. Yeah. But the, the fact that in, the, in that movie, the, the you know, the protagonist had a different uh like the idea that like joined all those clubs and was a was sort of like could morph into any situation yeah. kind of thing so different outfits we all sort of like thought that that would be a fun idea is that if we each take a sort of different persona mm-hmm. you know um for the for the artwork and so yeah and we have um priest <laughs> scott was scott the priest i try to see him I think so. Or no, Tim Kinsella. I think That's Tim Kinsella too, yeah. was the priest. Yeah. yeah. So yeah, we so it's like not only us and of course because of like we have to be self-referential and and sort of uh you know, so we obviously had to include Tim Kinsella and our which are like <clears throat> even though we're from Milwaukee, like a huge Chicago and obviously with Captain Jazz and and Davey yeah. and and Tim yeah. and like there's you know sharing lyrics and referencing songs like lyrically and all that stuff um we had to yeah the no brainer to add uh members of Joan of Arc and uh, and our Chicago friends to that um to the artwork that's funny mhm and, and and I I excuse everyone for having to uh deal with my weird hair <laughs> in that I, I like it's the worst, and then like because Jason had like you know like old school Photoshop like like trace it out, and it's just so dumb. <laughs> like I feel bad that like everyone anyone has to like look at that. That was a weird weird phase of mine where I I really was uh, I loved uh, Back Mutations, you know, is is like yeah. Quiet Record or whatever, mm-hmm. and I was really like oh dude like I really like his his hair, <laughs> so I tried to like grow my I'm hair. Gonna out, do that. That was. That was a terrible Why idea. Why did I do that? Why did I do that? Because he also like probably has like a hairstylist, and I know he has hairstylists that he brings on tour yeah. and all that. I don't, <laughs> and I did not. I just thought yeah, I could just grow my hair. I figured out my hair would just do it. Actually, fall in place, yeah. and be fine, and it wasn't. So, you know, lesson lesson learned yeah. <laughs> that way but you know but at least it's you know immortalized on, on you'll the always album have artwork. this <laughs> i'll always have that show your that, kids yeah look at look at that dude yeah what are you thinking <laughs> i know i know that's, that's nobody tried to but, stop you <laughs> <laughs> yeah yeah unless they did or i would i didn't listen i don't know yeah. Now, did you guys get to choose like your personas on here i see davy's got the the basketball uh jersey on he was a sporty guy but like yeah yeah like uh, yeah no we all definitely did um yeah we all chose and i 
I was um, at that time and still am a huge Simon and Garfunkel fan. And, um, and actually that being an art, I'm an architect, right? I get blueprints, right? Yeah. 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 Briefcase, that's me. <laughs> right. Good. This is right then. <laughs> yeah. So um, that actually is, is, is a subtle nod to um, our Garfunkel um, because he was, I've read books and I've, I've, I'm a huge Simon and Garfunkel mm-hmm. fan. Um, at least I was at that, at that time. And he would, he was really into architecture and the song, you know, someone Frank Lloyd Wright and all yeah. that. Like, so there, uh, and so like that, so it was like, that's, I want to be an art, like an architect, mm-hmm. um, because of that. That was, that was my personal inspiration. That's cool. Um, to, to choose that, uh, sort of archetype for, for the artwork. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then uh, I, I I can only guess why Davy chose a sport person. Yeah. <laughs> the duffel bag slung <laughs> over the shoulder. Yeah, he's 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 uh, he's, he's uh, heavily into into sports. Yeah, well, that's great. Spoiler alert! Spoiler alert! Yeah, I was has been his yeah has been his whole life and as long as I've known mm-hmm. him. I got my body and my mind on the same page, and honey, now happiness is all good. You guys ended up on a tour with Bad Religion. What was that like? Uh, it, that was like <clears throat> a bit of an experiment. And that was the sort of like, it, it wasn't our first, it wasn't like we, the idea was, let, okay, we did all these headlining tours. We brought all these bands with us, like blah, blah, blah. Let's do something different and let's just go support a band. Right. And that was the band that, asked at that time or was the best option of uh, the other options, which are probably very few. Mm -hmm. And so, you know, so the concept was, let's just like try to, you know, just support another band and hopefully win over some other people that wouldn't have known us otherwise or what, you know, so on paper, (laughs) it would kind of made sense. And they're like, yeah, I mean, we're, you know, they're they're but you know, um, it, it, but in practice, it, it, it was not, uh great we did not enjoy ourselves on that tour one way uh in any shape form or the other uh the guys were great yeah bobby the drummer uh was lovely Mm -hmm. he is a lovely human being that would talk your ear off (laughs) and he would he would a lot of the the other members would fly he would just drive in the bus with the with the crew so he'd get to the venue and he would just set up in a, in their backstage and just with a guitar and just riff. Oh, really? And this guy was in an encyclopedia of music and you know guitar and like whatever he any riff he would just like, hey, I got it. He like and he, it. this is the drummer of Bad Religion. Yeah, wow, uh, I actually didn't know. He and actually, cool. actually, he was telling me that he was uh, when the Runaways I think did a reunion or whatever. He actually was hired to re teach them their own songs oh, really wow friends with them or whatever it's like oh yeah i can i can i know i know all of your songs mm-hmm. you don't yeah i got them right here <laughs> like he's like you. i mean i don't know if that's like lower or whatever yeah. but that believe that's what i've heard um but yeah so so that was that was nice mm-hmm. he was nice to have there but the audience members did not really um um care for us at all right. i mean the the shit that was thrown at us oh. Um, 
would yeah would fill a, you know that's hard to slog through bins. a set <laughs> um, yeah, <laughs> yeah like it was yeah i mean the, the my favorite one is the one that somebody threw of, a, of their keychain that had a picture of their baby in it. <laughs> so it's like they hated us You're so, so much terrible they, throw this memento I, yeah like i love you baby but i hate this yeah. man and uh and through them you know so i just thought that that was kind of that's kind of special yeah <laughs> that that meant that meant that, that, that. that's in my scrapbook now that's <laughs> it that was sweet. That was sweet of them to throw that. Yeah. In. Um, but yeah, and so like, and that was also sort of the impetus of like, and and the sort of gut check of being like, what are we really doing? Like, what 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 is this? Like, is this what we want to do? And that's when we sort of like, you know, we really like listening to this <clears throat> these Wilco records mm-hmm. or this Sunvolt record, and we really like this other kind of like stuff, like. You know, that, again, being on tour, listening to songs that infer the next record, right. that's what we were heavily listening to. And then we we're like, you know, then that sort of was like that sort of, you know. Yeah. And it must. Threshold. <laughs> we Bad religion made us pass that threshold of like, <laughs> let's not do uh, another very emergency or or nothing feels good. And like, you know, yeah. and that, yeah, I mean, that was. Yeah, that was uh, not good. And and a funny story is that um, the when Maritime, the band that um, Dave and I were in after Promise Ring, toured with this, uh, we were on Flame Shovel Records out of Chicago, and one of the other bands on that label was called Bond Stems, mm. and we did a we did a lot of tours with them, and that was like that was sort of like they were our like Jets Brazil or. Burning Airlines, like Jimmy World, like those are our buddy, like our tour buddies, mm-hmm. right? Because we're label mates and yeah. all that stuff. So we 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 really endeared to them. And their their uh drummer Evan was in Harvey Danger. Mm-hmm. And he would told us the story about like, oh yeah, yeah, when we were going on tour, we were like, God, wouldn't it be cool if like the promise ring would open for us and stuff? And like, oh, they would never want that. We we're not cool enough for that. And like I heard that and I'm like yeah, but we went on tour with Bad Religion. Like we would have fucking <laughs> killed to go on tour with you because yeah. that would have been the audience that, that probably would have been, our would crowd, have been yeah. somewhat more receptive yeah. than us. And actually, like and and King King James version, their uh, one of their uh, one of the records is like was was a tour mainstay. Like mm-hmm. and to this day, it's one of my favorite records. So it's like I I you know um, I am a fan of that band and especially that one record. Yeah. Um, and and so you know, hearing that was sort of like a little bit of a you know what would have happened if yeah <laughs> you know we didn't have that experience with uh, with with bad religion. I mean, well, it's like like I, I, I was like I was like I've you know I was sober like the whole throughout um, Promise Ring and all that, and the rest of the band was not yeah. <laughs> uh, by any stretch of the imagination, and that bad religion backstage not up to that. Uh, was just like, what can we do? You know, you know, I did nothing yeah. uh, of the sort. But uh, but uh, other other members mm-hmm. uh, imbibed in a lot of uh, dice uh, yeah. games that in, that involved a lot of um, Maker's Mark. Yeah. So, um, oh. <clears throat> yeah. So they, they, I'm shocked that we were actually they were able to um, perform. <laughs> <laughs> oh, this was before you went on Actually stage. Get up on stage, you, but it but it helped. It helped him through the set. It, yeah. it helped him get through the uh, the the. You That's know, rough. Uh, I don't know if it helped their reflexes though to kind of <laughs> bob and weave the things that were being thrown yeah. at us. But um, you know, would have caught that keychain if I wasn't of yeah. getting hit by. Yeah. Him. 
Well, you know, one of the things I always appreciate about you guys is was your your you you strove to branch out. Like you you like you said, you never wanted to make the same record twice. You you chose that tour, obviously hoping that you'd get in front of some people that maybe hadn't heard your band before. And yeah, I remember being bummed that like it wasn't that well received and that people couldn't couldn't get past like you know I don't know the punk thing or just hear good music mm-hmm. that was being played for them and enjoy it yeah. you know and yeah. then like like really try to pigeonhole you guys I mean you must have gotten a lot of that too right uh yeah like you're supposed to sound like this this is the kind of band you are like, yeah <laughs> right and that's, that's and that's like the yeah and that was the sort of impetus for us not to do that. Yeah. You know, we're, I mean, you know, we're a very selfish band in that way, <laughs> right? Like we cared about what people thought, but we cared more about what we thought and what we wanted to do. It's not, not an exit or what we thought or what, what people thought is more like, this is what we want to do right now. Yeah. This feels right for us right now. Yeah. And we're going to do that. And we are lucky enough to be able to do that mm-hmm. and work with people like Jay Robbins, like Stephen Street to help us do that yeah you're the ones who have to do it every night so (laughs) right right you look amazing stuck between me and the moon it's like stuff like that i'm like who comes up with this shit you know that's amazing i guess (laughs) i can write songs all my life and and it's, it's great and it's you know um, and so that was such a, a thing to not have to care about or not care about, but like worry. But yeah. About, he's going to take or, care of that or concern yourself with, yeah. I hadn't, I didn't have to concern myself with having to say, I don't know about that. You know, that doesn't sound good. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, that doesn't make sense, you know? Yeah. So that was such a, such a, a blessing, I think, you know, in that way. Yeah. Well, one of the things that uh, popped into my brain as we were talking, we were talking about how the, the, the record was kind of specifically set up a certain way. It seems like, you know, I'm, I collect vinyl, I, I have records, and it seems to me like the the sequencing is deliberately set up so that you have these two great, like, slower songs to end aside. You've got things just getting good on the A, and then you've got uh, All right. My Everything, which is just a great song to end the record. And No business in the same place Coffee, scrambled eggs, starting our separate ways. Now starting our separate. That that is what I do remember uh, when we were at Star. Uh, when we were at Smart Studios mixing it, and we're, when we started talking about sequencing, and we did have some songs, but like we're like this has to be a ten song album, five on each side. You know, like. <clears throat> Again, it, going back to that putting that uh, pressure on you mm-hmm. uh, and on the like, like sort of like purposefully giving it a direction and a, you know, um, and so yeah, no, I, I remember like up in we were up on the second floor where you know where we were mixing and off that there was a a, a porch <clears throat> and we we're out outside, beautiful day grilling veggie burgers or something and like i just like m- remember having that conversation of like it's got to be 10 guys it's got to be 10 songs it's got to be this it's got to be that that's this is the record that we're making why diverge from that now yeah. <laughs> like well you know all that sort of yeah. thing so we like <clears throat> yeah so i do remember that having that conversation where we chose the sequencing mm-hmm. um out on that uh 
you know, uh, or at least the ideas of the of the sequencing out under the the lanai. Yeah. Um, so yeah, that was definitely uh, part of it. Yeah, the very every, everything about that record was very thought out for sure. There was yeah, there besides my one little drum fill, and I think it is in that um, all of my everything's. Yeah, is that what that song's called? Yeah, so, yeah. I think it's that that part is in that like one of the fills there was like a little flubby, but kept it. Um, but also and, kind of uh, perfect for so that every, song. Everything so. besides that was very thought out yeah. and like you know, <laughs> super uh, precise. Yeah. yeah. Very cool. Well, Dan, thank you so much for, for hanging out with me tonight and taking me through Very Emergency. This was a lot of fun. Yeah, well, thank you so much. I, I, I can't well, I can't thank you enough for caring after all these years. And I can't, I mean, like, that's also the thing that it's sort of, I'm, you know, it's like Davy's lyrics and that people still give a shit yeah. are two things that, like, are, you know, <laughs> uh, you know, that, that mean a lot because it's like, yeah, I, I'm, I'm, that's why I'm super happy to chat with anyone who, who who would care enough to listen to me uh, banter on about it. So I, I I appreciate you, you know, caring enough to have me on. I, that I much appreciate it. Thank Very you. Very cool. Yeah, it's you know I've been listening to this record since the day it came out, and just this year, 2020, I got my 2023 wrapped, Dan and. Very emergency was one of the. <laughs> oh really? Still oh, that's listening awesome. to it, that's you know. Funny. And I listen to yeah. a lot of stuff, Dan. I listen to Bad Religion. I listen to, you know, I listen mm-hmm. to Wilco. I listen to a lot yeah. of stuff. I just love music, and you know, good songs are good songs. You know, when you have a, a batch of songs that you really love, and you you put them on, and they make you feel happy, and you sing along, you're going to keep putting those records on because, you know, they yeah. they're, they're great and they make you feel good, and yeah. and this is definitely one of them. So. This has sparked another memory, so I'm just going to keep talking. Nice. Um, so, the, the, so the, the, to go back to sort of like that that idea of of like never making the same record twice, mm-hmm. and like we know, like everything, every move you make in that regard is a risk, right? Mm-hmm. And so, I and and so like I re, I remember like so the Get Up Kids, right? Is sort of like so that whole thing, like <clears throat> kind of lumped in Midwest, that whole thing. Yeah. Um, they the something to write home about right um, came out like I think these same day as yeah. the emergency if I'm not mistaken, same day right? yep and, and I remember like you know at that point like caring about like record sales and all that stuff because we had like you know whatever success we had with nothing feels mm-hmm. good like okay well let's do a kind of totally different record and see what happens there <laughs> and I remember like we got like a sound scan like login or something like that so I would look and I would listen or I, I would look and see that and uh yeah no uh, they, they sold considerably more than us no. <laughs> <laughs> for that but like it was but it's more like you know but we knew that like yeah. that's the risk going in right. like you know for that sort of thing so to kind of go back to that um <clears throat> like doing it for yourselves um, like that's what happens, right? Yeah. Like, I'm sure if the Get Up Kids would have went on that Bad Religion tour, they might have been more well received, right? Mm. But you know, like, yeah, I wonder why. Yeah, and so like that that was that was one of those things where that sort of like dawned on you that like you know what, every decision that you make for yourself is for yourself, yeah. and you know there are you know people made like <clears throat> like it. And 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 people have said they like very emergency better than nothing feels good because like and that was a great conversation to witness mm-hmm. or a, a thing to see out there because they were two different records yeah. released within two years of each other mm-hmm. 
you know, and so that was, that was a fun, I mean, that was kind of interesting to, to see what people like, what team they the were reactions on. To, yeah. <laughs> so are, you, are you team, you know, uh, very um, emergency with its poppier sound yeah. or are you, yeah, nothing yeah, feels good. Like which one? Yeah. Totally. Well, I imagine mm-hmm. a lot of those kids yeah. who got and, into your- And all of that went out the window when we did Woodwater <laughs> and that became its own thing. And if you're ever team Woodwater, that's a, you're a specific person. Yeah. <laughs> well, I remember loving that record just because I was like, hell yeah, guys. Like, <laughs> don't, you know. Yeah. Well, cause. And, and, and that's, I mean, that's sort of like what we, you know, that's kind of like, yeah, that was sort of part of it too. Like, we, again, it, it, we just wanted to do what we wanted to do. Yeah. And I give certain bands a pass, like they make the same record over and over again. I'm like, cool, cool, cool. But I actually really like when a band will switch it up. Like, give me something new. Give me something fresh. You know, we're talking about the Get Up Kids. They put out On a Wire a few years after something uh, to write home about. And that record was completely different and polarizing. And I know that they probably got Mm -hmm. a lot of that same, you know, a lot of that same crap from people who are like, this isn't what your band sounds like. And it's like, well, actually it is because we're the band and this is the record. Because we're it. We're we're the same people yeah. like we just so that's sort of like you know weighing you know expectation with your sort of own insight mm. and and wants you know i bet there are people who got um, into very emergency who that was the sound they liked and then when you know when the next record yeah didn't sound no like, no and that that's yeah, it yeah. yeah totally yeah and then they yeah. and then people that got into woodwater and then went backwards and said what the fuck is happening yeah. <laughs> i could probably it's probably four people there's a lot of different crowds <laughs> Yeah, that's cool that's cool like you know but uh all right dan well thank you so so much this was a lot of fun i enjoyed talking with you so thanks again for all right well thank you cool yeah no problem awesome all right take Take care of yourself see you bye-bye bye All right, well, that about does it for this week's episode of Talking Records. I would like to thank Dan from The Promise Ring for hanging out with us today and taking us through very emergency. I would like to thank... uh, Talking Records has a little bit of a crew now. So I'd like to thank Jess and Brian for behind-the-scenes helping out everything that they do. I would like to thank Krista Makes from Less Than Jake for the theme music. I would like to send a massive thank you to all of you for tuning in to this podcast we really have a great time rounding up information about the records we love, diving into the stories, the context under which they were made, digging into the lyrics, just getting everything into one place. Uh, make sure you check us out on the socials. Say hello. Suggest albums that we should talk about. Uh, suggest single songs. We are doing a feature coming up called Talking Records Singles, where we're going to be just diving into one song a little bit. My friend Brian and I. And so that's going to be a lot of fun. So check that out coming soon. Anyway, tell us your stories. How'd you get into the promise ring? Which team are you on? And uh, we'll see you next time. All right. Thanks a lot, everybody. Bye-bye.